and welcome back to another podcast with me, your host, Lauren Wotton. And tonight I am joined by the lovely Frances Beckett. How are you, Frances? Hello, Lauren. Pleasure to talk to you. I'm you too. I've just been having a little read up and it says, Frances Beckett is an author, journalist, playwright and contemporary historian. What, what is it that you don't do? <laughs> so, it, it all sounds rather impressive, really, when you read it out <laughs> it like that, doesn't it? I love um, that. So, you are the playwright of Clement Attlee, is that correct? That's correct, yes. That's the play which we're bringing, we, we, we've, uh, which has been performed in London a couple of times to four houses, and everybody seemed to love it. And now we're bringing it to Liverpool in the week that the Labour Party conference is in the city. It's coming to the Epstein Theatre in Liverpool on the 26th and the 27th of September Amazing. for, uh, uh, for uh, a eight o'clock each night and just for those two nights. So tell, tell the listeners a little bit about what it is. What is Clement Attlee? Uh, Clement, Clement Attlee was the Labour Prime Minister from 1945 to 1951 who created the National Health Service, uh, who created the, the, the welfare state, um, who, cre- who created the education system that we have today and who, who's, whose, government, whose government for the very first time ensured that everybody had an education. And the, the difference that it made to people's lives was enormous. It was, the, it was the most transformative government that this country has ever had, which is why I chose to write a play about it, because it was the government where, because before, I mean, before that time, people, people without much money used literally to double up in pain to die because they didn't have enough money to mm-hmm. go and see the doctor. My, my, my grandmother, I remember a story in the 1930s, used to keep a cup on the shelf into which she put every spare penny she, ca- she could because one day she knew that one of her three small daughters would need the attentions of the doctor and couldn't have the attentions of the doctor unless she had the cash on the shelf to pay for it. Now, people, don't, people forget that life was ever like that, but that is yeah. what life was like. Before for, the NHS. Before the NHS before the Clement Attlee government. Amazing. People forget forget that in the 1930s, a very large portion of the population were completely uneducated and couldn't read and write. They Mm -hmm. they were never taught to read and write. And again, I can remember my grandmother writing me a letter once in the the late 1950s. And I always thought my grandmother was a rather wise old lady. And it really rather shocked me when I got a letter from her and I saw that she wrote like a five-year-old. Because (laughs) particularly women, lots of men as well, but particularly women in those days were simply not taught to read. It didn't seem Mm -hmm. important that working-class women should should learn to read and write, so they didn't. And and, and then they weren't taught. And my grandmother, she was a wise old lady. But she couldn't read and write. She she couldn't read and write, or she couldn't write properly. She could read okay. She couldn't write properly. Yeah. So, you know, that's that's the society that Attlee inherited, and the changes that he made are the changes that we see around us today. Mm-hmm. Like you say, people do forget that there was a time when, when that's what life was like. And the terror, of, the terror is the terror is that as the Attlee settlement of Britain's affairs gets slowly undermined, and particularly by the current government, and particularly by the, the, the starvation of 
the starvation of government-provided services that's taken place ever since the current government was elected. As as long as long as that that is the society that we're headed back to, mm-hmm. and the calculation, of course, that they make is that everybody's forgotten what it was like. Everybody's forgotten what it's like to live under that sort of government. So who the hell is going to care? And that's mm-hmm. the that that's the perception that I hope to attack and to undermine with this play. I love that. I really love that. So was it sort of stories from your grandma's era that inspired you to write it? To, to, to an extent, to some extent, yes. And it was also my 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 own my own study of the period because some years ago um I, I, I wrote a biography of Clement Attlee. Mm-hmm. Um and and I realized and, and it was after writing that the, the biography was written obviously to to emphasise the importance of the man and the importance of the government in, in the way society has changed. But as I was writing, I realised actually he was a terribly interesting man. Mm-hmm. People thought of him as a rather boring little man. And he wasn't a boring little man at all. He was really, really interesting. Um, people think he's boring because he didn't say very much. It's actually, actually a fascinating and extraordinary character. People thought of him as a suburban bank manager. Those are the days, incidentally, when 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 banking was a respectable profession. Of course, it isn't anymore. And the, the, and, and and actually, he was he was great fun. He was very entertaining in 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 a, in a dry, in his own dry and quiet way. I'll give you an example of that. Everybody has heard the, um, uh, or, or a lot of people have heard what Winston Churchill said about Clement Attlee. He said, Attlee. A modish little man with plenty to be modished about. Now, everybody, a lot of people know that line. What they don't know is what Attlee said about Churchill, which is a wonderful illustration of Churchill's political style. And he said, in his clipped way, he's in trouble with Winston, nails his trousers to the mast, can't get down. And that really is that really that really is a very a very clever. Um, enunciation of of, of 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 everything that was wrong and absurd and yeah. ridiculous about Winston Churchill's political style. Yeah, I absolutely love that. So, yeah. how long did it take you to write? Then I know you've got a, such a passion. If you know, well, story. I, I mean, I, I can't actually tell you because you, you you don't sort of you don't think right. I'm going to sit down and write a play, and then you you know you get up at nine o'clock every morning and work through till six, and you say, all right, that's um that's six months I put in. That doesn't work like that. You're, yeah. you're doing it uh, around a lot of other things, uh, and um, but uh, I would say that I would say that I mean I, I I was I was on it for a couple of years, but but obviously not full time. And did you always write it with the intention of it being a play? Yes. Oh, yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I wanted to put Clement Attlee on stage. On stage. The reason I wanted to put Clement Attlee on stage is that nobody's ever done it before. Mm-hmm. Lots of films about that period, like Darkest Hour, you've probably seen, and, and a number of films about that period. And they all focus on Winston Churchill, as though nobody else was around at the time the King's Speech. And they all focus on Churchill uh, or, or, or on King George VI. Um, and um, they all sort of overlook at it. They don't, they don't quite realise he's there. And yet he, as, as most historians now recognise, he is the, the pivotal prime minister, British prime minister of the 20th century. Mm-hmm. He, 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 
there are only two prime ministers in the 20th century who really changed the way people live. One was, the first was Clement Attlee, and the second was Margaret Thatcher. Clement Attlee turned us into a civil, civilised society, and Margaret Thatcher turned us back again. <laughs> and what, um, and, no, and people, don't, people tend not to see that, people tend not to understand that, and to, to realise that, 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 um, that there was somebody else around, because, because Churchill had, uh, you know, quite rightly, the credit for being inspirational during the war, and nobody should ever take that away from him. Um, actually, Churchill's deputy during the war was the Labour leader, Clement Attlee. Um, and he was, the, he was the administrator of the wartime effort. The whole of Whitehall used to heave a huge sigh of relief when Winston Churchill was called off abroad, because it meant that a cabinet, the cabinet would at last be run efficiently and effectively, would take about a quarter of the time and would actually get decisions made instead of listening to Churchill um, making bon mots and, and clever remarks and giving them his opinion. So he was, he, he was a terribly important character of his time who, has, who, is, who in drama and in film is completely overlooked. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's, that's amazing that you thought, I'm going to bring this to the yeah, stage. Yeah, that's right. Absolutely. Because, it, I mean, in the, end, in the end, I just sum it up by saying nobody else has ever done this before. Okay. Everybody else writes five plays and films about the great characters of the time, about like Winston Churchill, about like George VI, about the Narin Bevan, and the key character nobody ever writes about because they think he's boring. Mm -hmm. What I discovered was not only is he, is he a key character historic, historically, but he's also not at all boring. Mm -hmm. Love that. I really like that, especially because it's a first-time thing. You know, no one's done it before. That's amazing. So what was it like the, casting? What casting was really Casting, uh, casting the human room, we were very lucky to find an actor who not only looks like Clement Attlee, but can, but but can talk like Emma, Clement Attlee. And, and each time, and each time I see Roger Rose playing Clement Attlee, he seems to have got a little bit further inside his skin, mm -hmm. and it, it's tremendous. Um, of course, there are far too many characters, um, and and so we have to have actors doubling up. Mm -hmm. uh, and I have one actor, a remarkable, extraordinarily versatile actor called Clive Greenwood, who comes on first as a vicar in Atlee's childhood. He then comes on as King George VI. He then comes on a few minutes later playing a man in Bevan. <laughs> it's the most extraordinary, versatile thing that I've ever seen. I, I, you know, to come on as King George VI and the public schoolboy, and then suddenly to come on as Clement Atlee, the great fiery. Welsh working class orator from a mining community. Extraordinary feat by an actor. So um, casting it was really interesting because I had to find somebody who could play Atley, somebody who could play Violet Atley, his wife, who I've, I've rather centred the play around Violet Atley mm -hmm. because Atley tended not to explain himself very much. I had to have somebody to explain him. So, um, so I, I, I built Violet Atley up, yeah. uh, up into a central character in the play. So casting it was um, casting was interesting, but worked. did it take you long to cast it, or was you like that's my person? No, it didn't take us very long. I did it with the director Owen Rose, mm -hmm. and it didn't it didn't really take us very long. We know we know quite a lot of actors between us, and we mm -hmm. we invited people in to uh, to audition for it, 
and it didn't it didn't take us very long to to, to refine ourselves down to to the right cast over the period of the run we've had to change one or two things um we lost we lost a couple of actors who were with us at the beginning and and replaced them with others but overall no it worked fine there is a lovely scene in play Lauren, which i must tell you between Roger Rose playing Clement Attlee and um and Clyde Greenwood playing playing the king. And you can imagine these two terribly inhibited products of English public schools, sort of with click click voices. And and, and this is that and the first part of the scene is actually what we know happened, which is that Attlee gets dropped off at the palace. Everybody thinks his chauffeur is driving him, but actually his wife Violet is driving him. And this is typical of Attlee. And you have these these two then sort of standing there looking at each other. And eventually, to break the silence, Attlee says, <clears throat> I've won the election. And the king says, I know, I heard it on the six o'clock news. And it's all terribly downbeat and terribly... Um, yeah, yeah. Be, be, because, because that's what they were like. And Attlee, of course, was completely downbeat. He, 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 had, he, he seemed terribly ordinary. It seemed very strange even then, it would seem even stranger now, that when he went on the campaign trail in elections, he went in the ha- in, in the small family saloon with his wife driving all the way. Um, and uh, this is absolutely true. When, when, when they didn't know where they were going, he had the actors open on his knee. But when they did know where they were going, he did the Times crossword. And that's, it, it's just all terribly, terribly, terribly downbeat and yet this was the most revolutionary person ever to hold high office in yeah. British politics. What are you doing the crossword? <laughs> <laughs> well I can't do the times crossword myself. It's way beyond me. I love it. So why the Epstein Theatre? Sorry? Why why the theatre that you've chosen? What made you choose to put it on there? Oh the Epstein Theatre. Yes. Um well, first thing brought drew me to the Epstein Theatre was the name, but the next thing was that they were there, they were very keen to have it, yeah. and they 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 liked the idea, and so we were able to do a deal quite quickly. Um, I, I I don't do the deal myself, but I've, I've got an executive producer who does who who, who actually deals with the theatre, and the, the, uh, and also it's a lovely theatre. It's the most beautiful uh, beautiful theatre, which which has I, I mean I understand. I'm I, I'm not from Liverpool, so you'll have to tell me these things. But I understand it's been through some hard times. But it's a very very lovely theatre, and um and, and just and just the right atmosphere, and just the right size too, big enough to get a number of people in, but small enough that the the kind of small and slightly intimate show that yeah. we've created will work well in it. Yeah, definitely. So, I mean, the moment I saw the 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 Epstein Theatre, I thought, yes, this is this is this is the place. This really is. How, how to bring we have they have um there's a new manager there um who um anthony proctor who who i found terribly easy to get on with and terribly enthusiastic about making this show a success mm-hmm. love that love that so how long did the rehearsal process take or well, rehearsals that i mean we re-rehearse it every time mm-hmm. um this time we haven't had to put too much rehearsal time in because um there's only one change of uh, there's only one change of cast, and most, so most of the cast have already done it before. The difference is they did it before on an, on 
The last time they did it was on an open plan stage. This is on a more traditional proscenium yeah. arch type stage, and that requires you to that requires you to change the blocking and um, and, and change the movement and so on. But it doesn't require you to change the character or the or, or the way you present the lines mm-hmm. or the way you present the character. All all of that remains the same. So this for for this for this outing, we've had to have I suppose half a dozen half a dozen rehearsals only because most of the you know five out of the six actors had had all done it before. It's before, yeah. Brilliant. I love that. So when you first started rehearsals and, and the play was coming to life, was it coming to life exactly how you'd imagined it? Or was you No, not oh, at all. No, never does. Not, not at all, never does. One of the one of the nicest things in the world about writing plays. And the reason I do it really um it's not for the money. If you knew how much money I make out of it, you'd you 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 you'd um, you'd want you'd want to throw me a shilling for a cup of tea. But um, <laughs> the the reason I love writing plays is because if you give a play, if you give a part that you've created, you think you know about this character, you you you've lived with this character, you put him down on paper, and you, you give him to him or her to a good actor. Mm-hmm. that actor will produce something completely different mm-hmm. from whatever you imagine. You write a line, you think it's a pretty good line, you hear it in your head. And when the actor says it, it won't sound anything like the way the writer the, the, the writer heard it in his head. So so that's that's the real fun, Lauren, of writing yeah. plays. Mm-hmm. That you 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 it is it, watching watching good actors take your work and turn it into something that you didn't know it was. Yeah. I suppose that's, that's, why, that's why I would that's that. That's why you know. I mean, years ago, I remember I wanted to be a novelist. I wanted to write novels, but all you get from a novel is the words that you wrote down yeah. on a page. Yeah. What you get from a play is an actor taking your work and turning it into something, often something wonderful. Yeah, I bet that's really special to see. That's the magic it isn't it, of, of theatre, watching it come to life, and it's all come from you. It's all come out of your head, but these people are bringing it to life, which is absolutely. Amazing. Yeah, absolutely. No, it's a great, it's a great, it's a great, it's a sense of great triumph that mm-hmm. you have, you, you, it, it, it really, it really is the best fun I know. Yeah. So have you had any struggles, you know? Well, Apart you from the big C word. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you always have, you always have them. Um, I don't think. I don't think we've had any that I'm prepared to tell you about, no. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But we've had had the odd difficulties, we've had odd tantrums, we've had had times when people didn't quite... But but it's all come together brilliantly. Mm -hmm. And what we will show at the Epstein Theatre on the the 26th and 27th of September, what we will show is something that I think has come together better than I could have hoped for. Oh, that's the that's best thing. And, and, and what relevance do you think that this play has got in today's politics? I did hope you'd ask that. Um, I think, well, well I, I, I think really it's got a, a, a relevance for Labour, a particular relevance now mm-hmm. for Labour Party politics, because Labour leaders need to have something to offer. They can't just rely on the Conservatives being dreadful, because the Conservatives are always dreadful. 
Mm -hmm. Lem Attlee could have relied simply on the fact that uh, the Conservative government throughout the 30s, throughout the 1930s, had ignored unemployment, that it, that it, it's, that it was actually cruel, that mm -hmm. it had allowed people to, to starve through the Depression in the 1930s, and that it had left the slums, the, the dreadful London slums and, and, and other cities in... Uh, it, it had ignored them, it had allowed people to go on living in them and, and skewing in them. Mm -hmm. And he could simply have relied on that and said, you know, well, 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 we'll do a bit better than that. Harold Wilson could have relied on it when Harold Wilson became, became prime minister in 1964, but they didn't do that. They said, no, what we are going to do is to create a new and better world. And frankly, I would like to see Keir Starmer being a little bolder, mm -hmm. being a little bit more like Clem Attlee. Yeah. being a little bit more able to say, we are not just going to be a bit better than this lot of charlatans who govern you now. Yeah. We are going to create a new and better sort of society. And I would like to see, I would like to see Labour doing that now. And I think that if there is a lesson for today's current, and this is part of the reason, obviously, why I wanted to bring it to Liverpool while the Labour Party conference was in mm -hmm. the city. Because if there is a lesson for the current Labour leadership in the Clem Attlee story, it is that you have to be bold. You have to present a set of ideas, the ideas that Attlee, um, that Attlee eventually implemented in government were created by the 1944 Labour conference. So that it was known when he came there, that that was his intention. Mm -hmm. His intention was to change the world. He mm -hmm. changed it more fundamentally than most prime ministers would have done because he knew how to make the system work for him, how to make government work for him. But he changed it fundamentally. And I would like to see the present Labour leadership perhaps a little more bold in its presentation of an alternative sort of society, rather than yeah. simply making the, I think, self-evident statement that they couldn't possibly be worth, worse than the present law. Mm -hmm. We need Clement Attlee back, I think, don't we, <laughs> in today's It time. would be nice. It would be very nice indeed. Uh, we, we have to... I think, I think the jury is out on whether Keir Starmer can ever be a Clement Attlee figure. What we'll see. What do think? I don't know. I mm -hmm. honestly don't know. Um... Mm -hmm. I can understand why he feels he has to be terribly overcautious at the moment. I can even understand why he feels he keeps having to find new ways of saying, I am not Jeremy Corbyn. I can even understand why he feels that he has the need. of a Clement Attlee. Perhaps there is. Mm -hmm. I love that. Okay. Perhaps there is. Perhaps there, I, think it's, I think it's perfectly possible that there is. Mm -hmm. I love that. That's a, that's a brilliant answer. So just before we finish, Francis, if I was someone coming to watch Clement Attlee at the theatre, what would you like me to feel when I leave? I would like you to feel that... The, that you have watched the way in which a, a 
real politician can change the world and improve the lives of the people who elected him. Mm-hmm. And that democratic politics is capable of making that sort of change. Yeah. Because people lose faith in democratic politics. They, 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 lose, they, 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 they think voting achieves nothing. They, you, you hear people say, oh, they're all the same. They're yeah. not all the same. They're not all the same. Some are far, far worse than others. And voting does matter. Mm-hmm. I would like people to come out of that thinking, yes, if we want a better sort of society, we can find someone to vote for who will give us a better sort of society. That's the answer to your question, Laura. That's what I would like people to feel when they walk out of the theatre. That's brilliant. I love that, Francis. So just before we wrap up, can you tell people where they can buy a ticket or is it sold out? Absolutely. It is not sold out yet. It, 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 it will be, I hope, but it isn't sold out yet. So they should go on to the um, they should go onto the website of the Epstein Theatre, and there will be the the, the phone number and uh, a, a phone number that they can phone to book tickets, or alternatively, they can book them on the line or mm-hmm. online. But they should go onto the Epstein Theatre website to do that. The alternative is to go onto the Clement Attlee website, which is our website, and 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 they can book they can book tickets through that. So either way. And what's that? What's the website? The Clement Attlee. It's one? just called Clement Attlee. Clement Attlee, brilliant. So you've heard the, here. The, 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 probably the that that will simply take you through to the uh, to, to the Epstein Theatre. So probably the easiest thing is to go onto the Epstein Theatre website and then in the in, in the top line when it said where it says what's on, press what's on, and then you scroll down to Clement Attlee, and you can book tickets very easily. And, and it will give back. you an option. And it will give you an option for booking tickets for £17. Brilliant. Absolutely love that. Francis, it's been an absolute pleasure. I feel like I've come away with a lot of knowledge after that podcast. (laughs) I've thoroughly enjoyed that. It's been an absolute pleasure. And thank you so much for letting me speak with you. It's a great pleasure to talk to you, Lauren. I've enjoyed it enormously. Thank you. Thank you so much. And thank you, everyone, for listening. Take care. Ladies and gents, thank you very much for listening to this episode of Opening Nights. Our next production is coming very soon, so be sure to get subscribed wherever you're listening and visit our website, www.openingnights.co.uk, to stay updated. Bye for now.